righty, we are back. Your favorite podcast show of the week. This is Location Weekly. It's episode number 523, and we're recording live on June 29th. It is, uh, yeah, I mean, it's almost it's almost July already. I can't believe it. Like, we're, like, into, into the heart of summer here. It's been hot here. Um, you know, in Toronto and the west coast of Canada has been crazy, breaking records, and I know west coast of the U.S. or... Uh, has been out of control so there's like definitely a lot of heat going around and we're not even in july yet you know what's going on with you abriana yeah we're definitely feeling the heat here in pennsylvania too um lots of uh i guess there's like a heat wave going through so it's been like 99 and humid and um you know my we even did like a my kids wanted to do a lemonade stand this weekend so we did that we were like sweltering but um you know, got to like encourage the entrepreneurship. <laughs> I think you brought a I'm little like, bit of Atlanta, Atlanta weather up uh, up north. I think I'm like bringing it everywhere. It seems like, uh, but that's all right. I'll, it's been sunny. And, and so that's, you know, better than not. Um, yeah. But yeah, doing good. Um, like I just was sharing, you know, we finally found a house in New York and, um, you know, we're just gearing up to move in and, um, you know, excited for the next, like to be settled, you know, somewhere really settled um but yeah things are good i'm glad it's summer it's been like a little bit more relaxing than um but but no none nonetheless super busy how about you yeah things are starting to open we're moving to phase two in ontario of our reopening plan tomorrow which means i can finally get a haircut um it's been like forever so that's good <laughs> i'm excited about that because this is out of control um i got my uh second vaccine on sunday and was recovering yesterday um feel way better today so i'm fully vaxxed now and that's exciting and uh yeah i think things are kind of moving seem to be moving in in the right direction so nothing too much to complain about um you know my blue jays are uh, doing their thing they're you know trying to work their way back into the playoff picture so we'll take that so yeah, all good. All good. So we have uh, four stories as usual that uh, we'll cover off this week. Uh, Rihanna will start us off as, as she always does with uh, an interesting one. So over to you. Yeah, so this is a smaller company. We kind of had to do some digging. It's called Bridge, B-R-I-J, um, mostly out of New York. So uh, two founders, uh, you know, a small team, it's Kate Stevens and uh, Zach Morrison, yes, like Saved by the Bell, Zach Morrison. Hopefully he has a newer phone. Um, but anyway, so they have created this platform, I think about two years ago, launched uh, this company called Bridge, and it works to connect physical products to a digital experience. So really the problem that this company is solving is saying, hey, you know, a lot of brands that sell via third-party platforms don't get the benefit, don't get the benefit of collecting the consumer data. So um, you know, you maybe go through Shopify or you go on Amazon, for example, right? And you sell something. Um, you're not capturing that that consumer data. And so, you know, there's a little bit of a gap in terms of how you can continue to follow up and have that conversation and uh, provide value with your consumers. Um, so this platform, in essence, is like it's powering one-touch product registration and reordering. Uh, so basically, this platform, it allows brands to create a tailored experience for their consumers, for their products, it can be accessed via QR code, so it is QR based, 
Um, so basically, they, you know, a, a customer can just scan and you know pull up the information, um, and it will allow them them to have like this, you know, um, direct conversation with consumers. So they can ask questions about the products. They can obviously register information. They could reorder it directly through the brand, um, and and sell, solving those pain points uh, for some of those. Uh, brands that are going again via third party. So they're directly integrated with Shopify. I know they noted. Um, and, you know, it's just like a new channel for some smaller companies that, you know, maybe don't have the presence of, of larger ones or the retail space of uh, other brands to continue that conversation. So um, what I like about this is not necessarily that it's QR codes. I don't think that there's anything like new technology wise, but I like that they started with a pain point that they're solving and it makes a lot of sense. So, you know, I've got like my little soap company and I'm putting my soap out on Amazon or I put it on um, Etsy or I put it on Shopify or whatever it is, you know, that that consumer information sometimes is hard to um, to get captured and to store in one place and to have you know, ongoing, maybe, you know, uh, questions that in dialogue with your, your brand, you know, your brand consumers and saying like, how can we be better? How can we reach? How can we grow? What else, you know, do you want from us as a brand? What can we provide? So I like that they're thinking about solving this challenge that exists. It's not something that I really knew was a problem, but again, I'm not, I'm not, you know, uh, selling, I'm really not selling soaps. So <laughs> I think that this is, um, you know, it's good. It's, I think it's a brand to watch maybe and see how they grow um you know from from a from a team of 11 to something something larger or being integrated with other with other uh, platforms like shopify right yeah I, I think the um the problem that they're trying to address i think is is a really important one i think it's it's a it's been a challenge for a long time you know of sort of the brand uh not you know, being able to build that relationship directly with the end consumer, you know, relying on that sort of middleman, retailer, you know, distributor, whatever, um, to kind of have that channel. And this applies to, you know, you know, just sort of luxury goods to, you know, in the old days, even, even guys like Coca-Cola had this struggle because, you know, their product was sold through the restaurant or the grocery store or, or what have you. And they don't, you know, they didn't have that opportunity. And I think mobile has, certainly created that opportunity to sort of uh, level the playing field and create that direct access in, in some ways. Um, I think this idea of using uh, a QR code or a tag of some sort to have a one-touch product registration or warranty registration or things like that, I think is a good one. I mean, we've all bought things, you know, I just bought a new refrigerator the other day because um, mine went down and I had to, you know, go and register it and do all that with the manufacturer. Um, so I think on the one hand, I think, you know, that is a direct relationship in, in, you know, with the manufacturer for, you know, the warranty and so on and so forth, but the process of that and making it simple, I think is, uh, is something that's important. I think the challenge that companies like this will face is there are a lot of players right now that are going after, you know, uh, tagging products right um you know and there's a lot of you know sort of global global standards emerging around this right now um you know different consortiums different industry associations you know are are working on 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 this at, at a number of different levels right now you have uh sort of the gs1 uh initiative and, and others sort of all playing around with different ways to evolve you know what was a UPC or barcode, you know, sort of type of relationship into other types of codes, whether that's NFC or QR or, or what have you. Um, 
And I think at the end of the day, it becomes about sort of how do you get distribution of these codes, you know, affixed to the products. And if you can achieve scale there, then I think you have, you know, opportunity. But I think for a small, a lot of the SMB uh, market out there in terms of brands, uh, you know, that local silk company or whatever you mentioned, I think this is a, a really good fit for that. Um, and uh, yeah, interesting to see how, how it evolves. So uh, yeah, watch uh, for Burge, B-R-I, or Bridge, I guess. Bridge. I, I want to say Burge, but it's not, it's Bridge. <laughs> I don't think it's Bridge. B-R-I-J, B-R-I-J. Yes, bridge.it, it. Bridge.it. There you go. All right, on to our second story, uh, coming sort of more into sort of the core world of location data. Uh, a company called Spatial Tech, which is T-E-Q at the end, uh, all one word, uh, has released a new case study with uh, one of their customers, which is Amada Senior Care. Uh, so this is a company that owns a series of seniors and uh, homes, nursing homes, um, and things like that across the U.S. And, um, you know, it's an interesting one that I wanted to kind of pull out this week because we talk a lot on this show about using location data, location analytics, um, you know, for, you know, real estate site selection and, you know, sort of visitor traffic metrics and all sorts of different things. But we tend to focus a lot of that discussion on, the retail sector or, you know, restaurant industry or even tourism or things like that. And so it's interesting when I saw this case study, you know, sort of looking at the healthcare uh, sector, um, you know, I thought, okay, this is an interesting use case. Um, and so you, here you have a, you know, for-profit organization you know, in Amada that's, you know, running these homes um, and so on. And, you know, they've teamed up with, you know, this company, Spatial Tech, to, and their product map business online to really sort of understand, you know, where their customers are coming from, you know, what the demand side might look like, you know, um, territory maps that can define business opportunities on where to sort of acquire uh, other homes or build new homes or things like that to serve underserved markets or populations. So I think that is a, is a really interesting use case. Um, and it's, it's not that different when you think about sort of the normal commercial real estate or retail real estate, you know, where should I open the next, you know, Wendy's or Burger King or, or what have you, um, but just apply to a different vertical that we don't, you know, talk about a lot. And I, and I think, um, you know, they also use the, the technology for monitoring field staff or sharing patient, patient statuses and things like that as well. So I think those kinds of things are interesting. And if you can tie in sensors and beacon technology and other things, you know, obviously uh, one of the areas that, you know, we've done a lot of work in over the years is in this particular sector is around the, the issue of, you know, older folks in some of these homes, um, you know, tend to wander, you know, sort of out of the home and sometimes get lost and things like that. And having location technology to be able to know where you're, loved one is as as the uh you know say say the the child that's at home uh whose parent has gone wandering off or, or what have you um that you that you care about and you want to sort of stay on top of you know not that different than how we track our teenagers you know with location tech you, you know as you get older you need to track where your parents are so um so 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 i think there's there's a lot of applications for location technology and data analytics in in the sort of healthcare and seniors uh, home uh, industry overall. Yeah, I completely agree with you. You know, it reminded me of the, um, I think it was like GBX with the shoe soles and being able to track 
um, you know, patients with Alzheimer's or dementia, perhaps that still want to have some level of autonomy and, and, you know, be able to hike or walk on their own. Um, and I think that that's really, um, you know, that is a need. And, and like you said, like you kicked off the story, we like to talk about uh, using location data for good um, and being able to track things, you know, for, for the benefit um, versus the creep factor. So very good. Uh, so next story, um, you know, this kind of made me, I was actually just looking back to see how recent in our podcast we had covered something similar to this, but uh, Verizon has acquired a company called Senior, uh, or Sinyan actually, sorry, Sinyan, not Senior. Um, and Sinyan is a, is a leader in location responsive solution. So they have a positioning platform, um, uh, you know, they are talking about how they have advanced machine learning sensor fusion technology that delivers submeter accuracy for precise positioning and navigation of indoor spaces. Um, it wasn't that long ago. I think it was about, you know, let's see, we did this on episode 512. So not that long ago that we were announcing um, Verizon's hyper precise location service that they were rolling out, you know, talking about how they'll be able to use this for, um, you know, in in conjunction with their 5G technology to make sure that they could really precisely hyperlocate things, whether that be, you know, the movement of, you know, um, autonomous vehicles, you know, uh, self-driving cars, things of that nature, or inside of warehouses, shipping, you know, anything that would need to have precise location, perhaps, perhaps machinery or, um, you know, different services that are within a hospital, being able to track those types of things and, and precisely locate them very quickly. Um, so this, again, is just, I think, very uh, telling that they are high, very, very highly focused in precise geolocation. It also makes me think there's a data play here um, and how can they capture more and more data? What are ways that they can continue to capture location data as third-party data providers kind of fall off? Um, so. Really, Senyan is looking at indoor wayfinding, geofencing, um, all of these different precision offerings, um, you know, managing spaces. Um, so I think that, you know, they're, they've joined the team within, within the Verizon team as well. So that's staying on. Um, and they have more than 300 um, in indoor positioning system installations currently already um, globally. So they've worked with shopping malls, hospitals, corporate campuses, um, improving workflows, and they are headquartered in Sweden and San Francisco. Um, so I think that, again, this is a kind of a natural progression. I think we're going to see more consolidation in this space. Obviously, Verizon is very uh, specifically looking for more positioning systems than um, perhaps just data providers. So this is probably uh, kind of checking both of those boxes, in my opinion. But um, you know, again, the way of the future, things that move on their own, whether that's for delivery purposes, for tracking purposes, for, um, you know, data purposes, all of those different things uh, come into play. But I think that it's interesting to see the different, um, you know, what are the different methods that these companies are kind of going about and how they're sort of trying to insulate themselves from, from the technology changes that are happening and then like what's going to happen for the future. So. Good stuff. 
Yeah, I, I'm, uh, you know, I echo a lot of what you said. I think this, you know, speaks to the consolidation that's going on in our industry right now. I have to say I was initially, uh, when I first saw the story, surprised, not that Senyon was being acquired because, you know, they're an extremely solid company, you know, very well positioned company, but that they were being acquired by Verizon. So, you know, Senyon's a company that we've, you know, worked a bit with in, in Europe. Uh, you mentioned they're, they're based in Sweden. So, you know, they've been involved and attended some of our events, you know, at our, uh, our chapter in Stockholm and things like that, um, you know, over the years. Uh, so first of all, congrats, congrats to, uh, to Christian uh, Lundquist and, and the team over there. Uh, you know, really happy for you guys. Uh, this is a good move. So yeah, my surprise was, you know, that it was Verizon that was, you know, sort of making this acquisition, not in terms of, I think there's an absolute great fit from a technology point of view, but just that a sort of U.S. powerhouse, uh, you know, mobile operator was kind of teaming up with a primarily European, um, you know, tech uh, player in the space. Um, so that to me was just interesting, but I think they bring a really unique uh, set of uh, technology. You know, they, they, their vision is really about, you know, not just beacons or things like that from an indoor positioning point of view, but really about sensor fusion and kind of bringing different sensor-based uh, positioning technologies together into one um, data set and things like that to, to get, you know, uh, very accurate uh, in terms of what you can do. So um, I think that's really important, uh, you know, no matter whether you're Verizon or you're a brand or, or whoever you are, I think, you know, we're all trying to get to that right now. And I think the other thing too that I've talked a little bit about as, you know, we've talked a ton about the sort of privacy changes and IDFA, you know, and Apple and, you know, all that sort of cookies going away. I think the reliance on sensor data, you know, really goes up um, and becomes even more valuable. So, and and I think sort of operator-based data with you know sort of sensor-based data, you know, is a very very powerful re replacement for some of that sort of lost SDK-based, um, you know, mobile data, right? So, um, you know, I, I I'm excited about this. I think it's it's a really solid technology acquisition for Verizon. Um, and I can see it playing into a number of industries and it really strengthens their portfolio, I think, in the sort of commercial um, offerings that they have to, to businesses um, out there in office uh, buildings and things like that. So uh, excited to see how, how, how it rolls out and kind of how they start to price you know, solutions in the marketplace. For sure. All right. Final story uh, that we wanted to, uh, to touch on here is... Um, an int another interesting one, uh, a German-based uh, uh, company that we've uh, worked with over the years called Beacons Mind um, has announced a partnership with Roberto Cavalli. Um, so uh, if you're up on your uh, fashion houses and all of that, Roberto Cavalli is uh, one of those uh, haute couture uh, fashion houses. And so they uh, are working with, uh, with uh, Roberto Cavalli and... Um, they are a um, you know sort of using their technology, which uh, to sort of power, if you will, location-based experiences in their stores. Um, so this is a brand that's been around for a long time. You know, it's it's uh, still quite a popular uh, high-end fashion brand. Um, and so what they you know what they're sort of aiming for here is to really work with the Beacon's Mind platform which involves uh you know indoor positioning technologies and sensors uh micro location uh, type of uh devices 
and really want to sort of use that to power sort of in-store uh, experiences, whether that's, you know, straight up experiential, um, you know, marketing type things to location-based messaging, um, you know, on your, on your mobile devices, um, you know, to, you know, whatever other kinds of interactions they can do. And I think part of that too is, is looking for tying that into loyalty platforms, into purchase history, um, and other things. You know, and seeing, you know, things like do, do people who go to one Roberto Cavalli store go to other Roberto Cavalli stores and things like that and kind of looking at that sort of those linkages that you can look at with location data. So, um, you know, these guys, again, Beacons Mind's been around for quite a while, um, you know, sort of operate, you know, sort of within that sort of Swiss German market as sort of its its headquarters and then has, you know, customers throughout Europe um, as, as well. So, um I, you know, an interesting partnership. We don't hear a lot of uh, high-end fashion brands teaming up with location tech companies like this. So I don't know. What are your thoughts? Well, I actually think that it's been like a trend. I think this is the third fashion house that we've talked about that is integrating some type of location or smart sensors or, you know, um, we've seen some of these, the pop-up stores that have been doing it as well as I believe it could have been, it was either Dolce & Gabbana or Gucci perhaps that did, you know, this whole like integrated store experience. So I think it's certainly a trend maybe that's kind of, you know, it's catching on obviously, creating these experiential environments, being able to track more things in store, provide more information to the consumer at that point in time without having to rely on um, educated staff or, you know, staff being around at all. So I think that this is starting to like, I don't, I don't know that, uh, you know, the efficacy of this is actually driving lots of, you know, additional business for these brands, because typically, you know, it's, it's like a luxury item. People want to have it, um, and they can just afford to buy it, or it's something that they've kind of saved for, and they're going to buy it regardless of the experience in the store. But I do think that it's just something that, I don't know, it's giving them a new angle, more press. Um, I don't know. And perhaps maybe there's like some digital assets that they're considering for the future now that there's more of this, um, you know, this this world is like changing a lot with how we're, we're buying and selling in the, in the, you know, different currencies that we're using that are digital. So there's probably like an art play there as well. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, from from a technology standpoint or what's exciting or what's not and what's driving business and use case and solving a problem. Not sure that there is really a whole lot there, but um, I don't know. I like that that fashion is expanding into technology. I think that's fun. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, I, I, I do too. I mean, I, I like I, you know, a lot of these, you know, you mentioned this sort of Dolce & Gabbana thing. And I think like we see it more sort of these kind of pop-up experiences, these one-off uh, experiences, right? Where they sort of try to create something really cool, really over the top and kind of embrace technology, whether that's, you know, AR or VR or location tech, you know, sort of mashed together to do something really interesting and cool. You don't tend to see it as something that's sort of rolled out, you know, at scale across all like their entire store network or things like that. Um, so so I like that they're doing that. I like that they're sort of saying, hey, you know, we're, we're interested in seeing you know, sort of the, the, the intersection of, you know, the movements of our customers and kind of what's going on and tailoring experiences to them as they move about. So, 
yeah, an interesting one to watch. So check it out if you're over in, in Europe there, Roberto Cavalli and, uh, and Beacons Mind AG. So that's it. That's our show for this week. Four stories. Uh, you've been listening to and watching episode number 523 of Location Weekly. We thank you, as always, for your time. And, of course, we'll be back next week with another show. Uh, for you and um, you know if you're uh, here uh, in North America and if you're in Canada uh, you know happy Canada Day later this week if you're in the US of A you know happy July 4th um, you know as well Um, and uh, you know and whatever you're celebrating anywhere else in the world uh, you know have a great celebration enjoy enjoy it Uh, hopefully you can go out and you know sort of Enjoy that in a as COVID-free way as possible and stay safe.